The Retail Ready Podcast is proudly sponsored by Botanica Blends. Straight from the Wizard's Cauldron, we stock delicious plant protein for the likes of our famous vanilla cake batter and caramelized popcorn. We've got desserts like our dreamy jelly, vegan custard, and our latest date-free protein bars. We are currently offering 20% off to all Retail Ready podcast listeners until the end of October. So head on down to botanicablends.com.au and use the code READY20 at the checkout. Thanks, and enjoy the podcast. Perfect. My phone actually is just pinged because um, our two dogs, my wife just let me know that our two dogs managed to get into the bedroom and has destroyed um, numerous pieces of paperwork that we've left on the desk. And So your um, dog actually ate your homework? Literally, and ate some <laughs> medication. <laughs> so, so we're just waiting on the vets to actually say, uh, do we need to take the dog back into the vets? Because Shit. our dog has been into the vets now. Um, I think if there's a loyalty scheme... Um, our, 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 our dogs are, are smashing this loyalty screen because yeah we we took one harry um two weeks ago um because he got an infection and then three months ago he decided to get a gum nut lodged in his stomach uh that wouldn't come out so yeah it's been an expensive uh couple of months to be honest but but, but you love him yeah, less of me, more of you, because people are going, who is this random guest that he's now got on this podcast? But welcome to the show, Ariane. Thank you for having me, Ben. It's Absolutely. very good to be here. Well, Ariane, please tell us which company you founded, and we're just going to go straight into the questions and get to know you and this awesome brand that you have built. So... My brand is called Bell and Bone, and it is all centered around health and well-being for dogs. We make healthy treats, and our latest range is dental sticks, which I am obsessed with at the moment. So all about (laughs) dog health and making a difference to their lives. That is awesome, because what one thing I'm excited about today's podcast is like, we do a lot of food and beverage brands, startup brands. I did an episode a couple of weeks ago with uh, Paws and All that do um, like yes, a I subscription listen. service. <laughs> ah, awesome. There we go. That's always helpful. It's always nice to know. Um, yeah, and I don't think we have had a dog brand apart from Besides me yours. banging on. Yeah, apart from me banging on about my own business, which people are like, oh, okay, move on. All right, we've heard it before. Um I've actually not had a guest from a kind of a, a pet business itself. So I'm, I'm interested to hear the similarities of what you've had to face and kind of uh, your journey versus yeah. the, the, the food and beverage kind of world that we've kind of got used to in the last 75 episodes. So well, I, I want to say with... welcome. <laughs> Sorry, Thank go you. For it. No, I was going to say with pets, it's such a great topic because statistically speaking, you've got plenty of listeners with a dog. So mm-hmm. although my brand is not found in typical grocery channels and more towards the pet specialty channels, the people listening likely shop in those cha- channels too. 
So it's a great industry with a lot of very passionate owners who hopefully get a lot out of this. So I'm happy to share and hopefully we've got some similarities in what we think about the industry. That'd be cool. That is <laughs> ah, definitely. So let's go back to the very start then. What's what's your background before you started Bell and & Bone? And just give a lead up to kind of the, yeah, the, the mindset in actually going, I'm going to create my own business. So what over to you and what, what was, yeah, what was the first steps and what's a bit of background about yourself? So I have always been in some form of sales. I guess I find it quite natural and I really enjoy the stuff that goes on behind the cell where Mm. you get to speak to people and understand their needs and what makes them tick and finding that product or service that suits them. So from a career perspective, I started as a sales graduate in a big corporate FMCG and Mm -hmm. was there for quite some time before realising that I was probably better suited to the startup world, Um, I guess I've always wanted to do my own thing, make my own rules, break my own rules (laughs) and I guess try things that have never been tried before in any respect and that might be creating a whole new brand or a whole new product or a whole new way of selling product, whatever that might be, that's always been for me. So account management, on-the-road sales, like sales rep, that's, I guess, that's everything I've been a part of prior to Bell & Bone. But then in creating Bell & Bone, it, I guess, is a combination of so many different factors of my career and personal life put into one, you know, from a personal perspective I've got a beautiful dog who I'm obsessed with and I've always had dogs who I'm obsessed with and their health and well-being is so important to me you know they've got such a short lifespan Mm. you want to make the most effort you can to have them around you forever and that starts with health and happiness which is food I guess I'm such a health-focused person in my own life that in caring for an animal, I have imposed those views as the shopper and owner on to them. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, that's how we feed them, right? They're a part Mm -hmm. of the family. We've completely humanised every part of them from the way we dress them (laughs) to the way we feed them. I mean, when looking back initially at my frustration and reading the back of pack of so many of these commercial brands, I Mm -hmm. almost couldn't believe what I was reading where I couldn't understand so many of the words on the back of pack and Googling half of them and being in shock when I got my Google search answer. It just didn't seem right for me. So Bell and Bone was... I guess, a combination of wanting to do my own thing, being passionate about selling things, loving my dog, being a healthy person and putting that all together and all the stars aligned. And I, yeah, I love what 
I'm doing now. I'm really, I think I'm really making That is awesome. That is cool. It's nice, nice to hear kind of, yeah, the different variables that bring together to, to kind of, yeah, all come together to then go, well, this is my product and this is, this is what is the output of all these things that I, I like. And, and one thing I've realized about speaking to so many different guests, it, it sounds very easy. Like <laughs> it sounds like, oh, I like this and I like that. And yeah, health plays into it. And da-da, bell and bone. It's like, well, I'm sure there was a lot of ups and downs along the way and <laughs> a lot of a lot of time spent. What what would you say, like while you're working full time, were you then doing the research in the background and just getting things prepared to go, this is this is what I want to do? I worked on this business whilst working full-time as well. So that's Mm. definitely correct. But I guess when you are your target market as well, it also makes things easier in a way from the perspective that I not only was able to create products based off my personal frustrations, but I was able to also talk to other people who have similar views or different views, which also gave me things to think about, Mm. you know, just being in a dog park and talking to so many different people was like research for me and product development. Yeah. Yeah. Literally a dog park with dog owners. Correct. Free focus group. (laughs) (laughs) People don't hold back either. Literally what I've noticed is that they go for it and it's like oh this is great (laughs) and I've done that so many times I go to the dog park and I'm like Mm. this crazy dog lady I'm like hello I'm Ariane I have a dog treat business do you mind if I do a trial on your dog (laughs) they're like come on Rover come on we're leaving come on get the car going come on (laughs) yes so I don't even remember the question but basically being a part of your target market helps because you can really dive in deep in a pretty cheap and cost-effective way because you're a part of it anyway. That is awesome. Well, I, I see your products everywhere and I think most, most people will like the name is like, this is why I love your branding because the name's clear, the branding's clear and it it looks fantastic. And if you're not a dog owner who's listening to this show, you you probably have never shopped uh, the pet aisle. So you kind of exempt from this, but anyone who has a dog, you'd have to, you'd have to be very blind to not see your brand because it seems to be everywhere. And have you noticed that your kind of your volume and your growth has been quickly or has that just been again over time and just a, a literally you just pushing and pushing and pushing and what's been yeah what's been the growth kind of strategy or even just the growth journey with Bell and Bone from day one well the growth has when you actually take a look at it, has been really fast. I launched the business exactly two years ago and we are in over 250 stores. I export into different markets overseas and have a great online store that's growing really fast. So we're tackling it from many different areas. I guess 
the growth is attributed to a range of things. Um, Number one would be that I went after my strengths where I had a background in account management and business development. So the wholesale business was a really natural progression and first place to start for me. So I understood how to talk to buyers and how to relate to what goes on in a store. And so I went after that Mm -hmm. hard and fast. So um, what's great about the pet specialty industry is that the people who work in the stores are passionate pet owners who want to do the best for their pets as well. So I would go in and introduce myself and talk about why I do what I do and educate them on the benefits of Bell and Bone and they would be on board with my journey. So getting their buy-in really helped sell through in store, Mm -hmm. which meant that more people got to try the brand faster, which meant more good reviews, which meant more posts on social media, which meant more people telling their friends. And it had a really fast flow on effect because I guess the messaging was clear. The branding is beautiful. I spent a lot of time building up a strong network of people who believe in good health and well-being for their pets and putting my face to the brand, signing the back of pack with my signature, for Mm -hmm. example, meant that I truly was accountable for the message and the product that I was selling. And people, uh, they want to be a part of something that resonates with them. And who isn't right now as a dog owner, somebody who wants to give their dog the best? I mean, the odds are with you. So as long as you're genuine, you've got a strong message, a clear message, beautiful packaging, and give it your all, I think you're sort of on the right path to pretty fast growth. Yeah, it's. Uh, I remember getting upset a couple of, well, last year when I was Googling like life expectancy of dogs. And oh, God. I was like, I, was like, I, I don't know, God, God knows what position I was in, in, in mindset, but yeah, I remember because... on a Friday yeah, night. Yeah, literally, because I've got two dogs and I've got one who's four and the other one who's just turned one, who's a nutcase. Cute. And I remember just looking at the Dobby, the four-year-old, and um, I was going, oh, I wish you could stay around forever. And then I went, actually, how long? I don't even had, I didn't even have a clue how long dogs lasted to. It's just something that just never, I know they're not like a tortoise or a human that can last (laughs) to like a hundred, but I knew that they were roughly around, it could be between like eight or maybe 15 years or whatever. Yeah. And I actually didn't have a clue. So I remember Googling like English Springer Spaniels average age and I looked and went, Ah, oh, Jesus Christ! I was like, I better, better make sure I look after, like, make sure I, <laughs> I enjoy totally. everything. And you touched on it before because one thing with Doggylicious was I look at it and go, if I could extend a dog's life by one year, two years, and for me, I think a, an amazing study that could be done would be if you gave your pets uh, a specific diet 
how long could you extend their life? And I think any pet owner, well, any dog owner would pay that premium price for that product because they would want their dog because it is, it is like a child. They'd want that child or fur baby, whatever you want to call it in your world for as long as possible. And I think what you're doing with that health. Yeah. I think what the, the thing I find fascinating about yourself and your brand is you're you've disrupted the market like the the ingredients that you've added into your products like chia turmeric and stuff like that that that's pretty new did you did you find that you had to educate people on this or do you think that because of the humanization aspect people went hold on a minute yeah turmeric is good chia seeds are good ah and then saw it knock on So it's really been a mix. I mean, I didn't just make up, like, I didn't just go, I'm just going to put turmeric into my dog's (laughs) treats and hope for the best. So the reason I created my first range, which is full of superfood ingredients, Hmm. was because I was watching what the market was doing, where they were taking feeding of their dogs into their own hands. And they were saying, I can't find these particular ingredients that I know have incredible benefits for my dog, like coconut oil, like chia, like turmeric, like ginger, whatever it might be. So I'm going to do that myself. And me as a, I guess, a commercial thinker was going, if everyone's taking feeding their dog into their own hands, the pet stores lose out on that opportunity. And they shouldn't be. When you come into a pet store, you should be able to get everything you need for your dog. So I was like, here's the opportunity. I'm going to put all of those ingredients that I know everyone loves and knows the benefit of, and I'm going to put them into a treat so that you can enjoy and feel good about giving your dogs such healthy, amazing products. So that was one segment of it where I guess I got to capitalize on and take the opportunity with the really early adopters in the market and the thought leaders of the market but taking it to the next step was probably the hardest part so we all know that bell curve where the early adopters are a very small part of that market so to be able to normalize and make this idea real and not so niche so that you can get the volume you need to survive as a business I had to educate super hard and I still educate super hard. I mean, that was just the first aspect of it where I would go to buyers as an example and educate them. I would go to the store level and educate staff. Mm -hmm. I would attend events and educate shoppers so that every aspect of the chain would receive some education to try and bring this niche part of the market into, I guess, still premium, but more every day as well. But then on the other hand, I keep focusing on innovation and new product development. So with every new product range that I've brought in, I've had to re-educate again. So I have a range of freeze-dried treats, which are raw food and not cooked and the health benefits of raw food is significantly greater than that of your typical dehydrated cooked food. So there's that education. My latest range is dental sticks as well. And 
by age three, four out of five dogs will have gum or dental disease. So educating on dental health has been my latest focus so the education never ends yeah and you you have to pay for that Uh, (laughs) which which then yeah is I find really fascinating because I look at look at your product and like even my product and it's a premium price product because again you look at the human stuff it's it's a premium you've got good ingredients in there you you could have gone against all your ethics and done and just bell and bone and done your everyday crap in in a pouch and sold it for four dollars but there's no goodness in there and i think that comes it's one of those pieces where hopefully people are getting on board and i think they are from what i'm seeing and speaking to like the likes of you and seeing where the movement is in the market the the trend is moving the humanization piece is there and it will be interesting to see how one consumers respond over the the short to long term, and also the brands as well that you're competing against on the shelf to see what they do. Because longer gone are the days where the dogs are kept outside and are given. I, I remember like family friends having dogs back in the UK, and you'd open a can of. I don't know what it was in the cow, cow but chum. That, oh, yeah, and you, you, the smell, and you kind of go, Jesus Christ, what what was in that can? But yeah. that that was what the, that's that's what they've got now. That's it. My yeah, my dog is eating better than my daughter, so it's uh, it's nice to see. I want to touch on the business aspect now a bit with like your social media presence is fantastic and you've grown a great network of followers. Has that just been down to you just being yourself and the brand being genuine, do you think? Or have you had to to work really hard on that following and kind of keeping like a a loyal fan base? I think it's 100% about being genuine. There... There's so many brands out there with, you know, a social media strategy and I'm all for strategy. I've got my own strategies. Mm. However, from a social media perspective, I've sort of taken it from another angle where I use it to tell the bell and bone story and there's no strategy with that. I mean, I talk about the ups in the business and the downs in the business and You know, when we've got parties on, I talk about that. And when we've got product launches, I talk about that. And I guess I use it as a platform to be an extension of the brand, which is me and is Bill and Bone and a real person trying to make a change in an industry that is screaming for a change. And it's... I think it's been the best thing that I could have done. Although I've had fights with people in marketing and they're like, oh, you need more quotes and you need more branded photos and you need more this. (laughs) I'm like, you know what? This is my community. They don't Mm -hmm. want me to be every second post writing about the benefit of kale. They want me to be me. And that is how I'm feeling right now and who I'm focusing on and what I'm talking about and that 
has really helped me build a solid, loyal group of, you know, they're officially called followers, but I call Mm -hmm. them my community and we are a community. We believe in so many of the same values. We do so many of the same things on the weekend. You know, they're my friends. I know where some of them live. I spend time with them on the weekend. It's, It's really nice and I think it's really different, which is what is so relatable about Bell and Bone as a brand. Yeah. And it's it's a strong from from your sense and the passion there. It's it's and what I get from being in that kind of world now, it's it's a very vocal, strong community. If for me it feels like like the CrossFit kind of community and like the <laughs> keto like the these vocal people are like, this is amazing. And it's like, well, yeah, there is. Some of them are just like some kind of trends are just a bit wacky and you kind of go well you won't be around forever but there's there's some communities out there like um the kind of the natural they want the best for their dog because yeah it, it makes perfect sense which i will will only grow uh i think stronger and That's more it. vocal and it, it just yeah it just requires yeah people like yourself to keep developing and uh bringing new products to the market which i find absolutely fascinating and with them Have, I oh, guess, yeah, go. oh sorry no i was gonna no, say i couldn't do it without them and that's yeah that's the best thing about having a genuine group of people mm. who follow your brand is that they post pictures of, on their own social media accounts of my products every single day of the week. Yeah. And that has helped spread the message so quickly and in such a cheap way for me as well. Because yeah. if you've got a real person saying, I use this product and I love this product and this is not endorsed, you're more than likely to at least look on the website. So... So true. Yeah, and how how good is seeing a happy dog though? Like at the end of the day, I'm I'm fed up of seeing uh, half naked men and women who <laughs> live miserable lives um, saying, "Oh, I take this supplement because it's amazing." Bullshit. I'd rather <laughs> I'd, I'd rather see dogs all day long, to be honest, because that's where the genuine posts are coming from. Well, that's right. I um, spend my day looking at dogs and. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> have Have you enjoyed the journey? And has there been moments? And that, if you can, I don't want to put you on the spot, but have there been moments where one you go, "Oh, this is too hard. Why didn't I just stay in account management and sales?" And has there been, yeah, some sometimes where you've just gone, "This is the best feeling ever." And what was kind of those moments like? I literally in one day I can go up and down a hundred times like I feel like a (laughs) yo-yo some days (laughs) when it's yours it's so personal and everything means so much to you but when I started the highs were much higher and the lows were much lower yeah but I guess once you start to realize that you can't be so emotional about everything that happens every single day. I think that's when you start to kick the real goals. Like obviously you have to celebrate the wins and you have to love the wins because that's why you do it. And, you know, my best moments are 
launching new products and mm-hmm. getting great feedback or winning a new account or seeing a new packaging design, all those things make me yeah. so happy. But then the lows, I mean, there have been plenty of them and they're hard, like having my whole year scrapped with the news of COVID. Mm-hmm. I mean, I burst into tears. <laughs> I was... Um, so upset in the beginning because I launched my dental sticks, which was my biggest launch to date, six days before we were put into lockdown. And I had ordered truckloads of samples to go out in stores. I had booked events, you know, the Dog Lover Show and overseas Mm -hmm. expos. I had countless countless activities I was meant to go into every single store and train and educate staff I was meant to travel into state I had a million things that I was meant to do to support this launch yep and I was told by the government not sorry cancel your plans none of that's happening so that was pretty low for me but I guess turning it around and creating an opportunity out of it was the Mm -hmm. best thing I could have done So instead of going into stores, I created an online video that I put on my YouTube channel where it was an education piece on the brand and the new products. And I sent the link to all the people in stores and asked them to please watch it so they knew about the products. Instead of having samples in stores, I would have samples to go out with my customers' online orders if they were, if someone was ordering on online for premium yeah. dog food, they would get a bell and bone sample as an example. So just shifting what you do to make an opportunity out of what's in front of you. I mean, that's, that's the best cool. thing you can take out of a low. And I'm that's awesome. Yeah. Practicing a, that hard. Ah, <laughs> oh, and that's incredible because there's there's been a few guests I'd say over the last two months, and because like things have changed and people were like, oh, I won't hang around for a while. Australia did a good job back to normal, but then it kind of went on and like Coco Black, uh, Snack Proud, who are on the show all these these businesses have told ways of how they've adapted and it's been it's been really good in like your your story just then it's been awesome to hear even though we shouldn't be hearing it because i think everyone would have wanted a really boring year and um covid not to have existed but <laughs> the way that people have adapted um has been incredible and i think that's that's an achievement in yourself to go how you've thought outside the box and I, I think that's a real strength and I think well, what I you've think, done there is yeah great thanks I really think that this year will provide opportunity to those who have been able to diversify in these times yeah so I used to as I mentioned spend so much time face-to-face connections and in stores but now I've had to develop strategies for online and when things go back to normal, these learnings don't go away. I'm stronger now with my online presence than I've ever been because I've had to adapt. So I will continue to be strong online as well Mm -hmm. as in store and 
it's, yeah, it's turning those hard times upside down and making the most of them that we'll see, I guess, big success for brands. Yeah, perfect. And then to touch on that, where I know no one knows what's going on, but hopefully we're in a better position than, especially in Melbourne, where we were literally three months ago. Hmm. Where do you see, and I always think now we're coming to Christmas, so nothing really happens in kind of the, the grocery slash kind of FMCG space because people are closing down range reviews, getting ready for Christmas. Mm. Where where do you see yourself going and pushing yourself for next year? And what does next year look like for, for Bell & Bone? I think I am going to continue to develop out my dental range. Mm. Being seriously the number one biggest health concern in pets. I mean, 80% of dogs by age three have got gum disease. So it's the number one issue. And my product range is really targeting that and making a difference to dental health. So capitalizing on that opportunity is definitely for me. Besides that, I think um, exporting is still quite top of mind I've just started to get my teeth into it and but but that's caused a few headaches along the way (laughs) it's it's the wild wild west that's for sure (laughs) the wild wild (laughs) export it's um it it, I I need to keep learning more and more about that because oh you can never stop learning about export it is one confusing big beast but (laughs) one head around it I think there's some good to come out of it. So I guess they're two of my main opportunities. And then, of course, being as good as I can be to the Australian market and keep being a part of the community that yeah, yeah, that I love so much. That's awesome. But I think think that's fantastic. And I think you touched on it before, like the – the stuff that will come from like whether it's people that have just done a little side hustle on the side or adapted their brand due to COVID next year it will be interesting to see which brands kind of yeah flourish because I think at the moment it's just those early stages people it's just a few ripples in in the water at the moment but there will be definitely some new brands next year that have just springboard because they've adapted their business um so efficiently because of they've had to and it'll be yeah it'll be really fascinating to see what what brands they are and where they pop up from so yeah i 100% agree with what you say there and yeah. yeah i'm looking didn't didn't know dental was such a this is why i love doing the podcast because it's for me it's just a, an education piece whether even if I had zero listeners on this podcast I would still do this podcast because it you find out so many fascinating stories insights and yeah different people's opinions and views on yeah such a, a wonderful and massive market so I absolutely appreciate your time and kind of yeah input in this and I I just want to finish with how do people contact yourself or visit, get more um, kind of um, to see the range? And yeah, um, where, where, where would you send them? I would send them to bellandbone.com.au. 
And if you want to personally contact me, you can go to info at bellandbone.com.au. Beautiful. I think you should just go, anyone who's listening, just go on Bell and Bone as well and just see that, yeah, the beautiful kind of the the products, like at the end of the day, um, Doggylicious uh, might lose some sales, but I, I'm, <laughs> I'm all about supporting um, other no, brands as well because there's so many puppies the, that there's enough for all of us. Oh, I just think how, <laughs> and this is your, your branding was actually, I actually, do you know when you do kind of your, your mood boards um, because you kind of want to work out where do I want to take a brand? And, uh, and I, I remember visiting your um, website so many times because I liked the cleanness. And if you look at Doggylicious, the, it's not shouting in your face. Um, and, I've got to thank you for giving some inspiration for yeah the design that went into Doggylicious because it yeah it's just lovely and clean and I think it it shows that the design represents the product inside which I think is fantastic so yeah whoever did that for you and uh, I know you would have put a lot of work into it yeah absolutely fantastic but you know what's great is that we are competitors essentially but we're promoting each other's businesses and subliminally helping each other, which is really rare and really nice to see. So thank you for having me on this podcast and referring people to my website. I really appreciate that. No, it's all good. I, I find it funny. I used to be a personal trainer back in the day. Like I actually shouldn't call it like I'm qualified, but it's one of them. I'd, I'd never teach anyone personal training um, because I've been out of the game for too long. But it's funny because personal trainers actually hate other personal trainers. <laughs> and yeah. they, would, they would, yeah, they would never kind of uh, promote someone else because it'd be like, oh, that bastard's stealing my client. And there's there's such a competitive side in the personal training fitness world that you just kind of go guys there is literally the biggest factor at the moment is people who are overweight and morbidly obese I think there's a big enough market and it's like the dog market I'm like (laughs) I think there's seven million or six million dogs in Australia alone I'm like I think there's enough kind of treats and brands that can <laughs> that can go around so yeah it's like if, if you're trying to yeah if you want the whole market I was like you're going to be very busy but now I'm really appreciating it. it's lovely to get to know you and I'm you looking too. forward to meeting you in person one day and hopefully it will be a pet show that uh yeah people start uh coming to and the brands start to grow so thank you very much 